are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. So Galatians chapter 2, look down please in verse number 1. Then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem, this is Paul writing the church at Galatia. He's correcting some things, but he's really given his testimony in this chapter. He's saying, I got saved 14 years ago. First thing he did, he went to the Arabian desert for three years. He got alone with God. By the way, Bible college students, that's how you do it. Your time with God is more than important than your time with people. And then it says, 14 years later, he comes up to this uh, church and he meets some of the original disciples. And so look down, our text is found in verse nine. And when James, Cephas, and John, we would say Peter, James, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. Notice that little phrase, who seemed to be pillars. I thought about entitling the message, are they the pillars or my pillars? Uh, anyway, moving right along. I've been saved for 50 years, been preaching for 46 years, been happily married for 40 years, been pastor in the same church for 33 years. I believe I recognize a pillar when I see one. Pillars in the home, pillars in the community, pillars in churches, pillars on the mission field, pillars in Christian schools, pillars in Bible colleges. They're strong, they're people you can lean on. They give us security and they're like God. Interesting, he addresses his presence as a pillar of fire by day, a pillar of cloud, something like that. By, anyway, fire in uh, uh, clouds. So there he goes. God says in Revelation, pillars are formed, not born. To him that overcometh will I make a pillar. There are three essentials to becoming a pillar and how we need them today. Number one, they stand. They stand for right. They stand for truth. Pillars are not made to be laying down. They're made to be upright and to stand. The Bible says in Ephesians, having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, stand up for Jesus. Stand out from the world. Stand in the gap. Stand like a Mordecai who stood up to Haman and would not bow. Stand up like Elijah did to face off the prophets of Baal. Stand up like Job did to his wife when she foolishly said, curse God and die. And he said, you speak as a foolish woman. Joseph stood up to his evil brothers. John the Baptist stood up to Herod. Peter stood up to the Sanhedrin. David stood up to his wife when she said, how foolish you look, dancing and praising God. He said, I will uh, praise him. Paul stood up on Mars Hill and said, I'm preaching to the unknown God who you ignorantly worship. Jesus stood up to the money changers and stood up to Satan and quoted scripture. Stand when others are turning back. Stand when others are changing what they believe. Stand when others are taking Baptists off the sign. Stand when others are compromising morality. Two types of people in the Bible, it's just divided. Those who could stand and those who could not stand. Number two, pillars support. 
they support. The Bible says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Everyone in this room is called to be one of two people. You're called to be a pastor or you're called to help a pastor. You gotta just figure that one out. It was Aaron and her that supported. By the way, pillars are not made just to stand up. They're made to bear a burden and take some weight off of other pillars. Aaron and her held up the hands of Moses. They supported. The mighty men, uh, they encouraged David and supported. How do we support? We support by prayer. It was Charles Spurgeon that said, it's not my great preaching. Look under the pulpit. There's 12 men kneeling and praying for every service. Every time I preach, they're praying and bringing my name before the Lord. How do we support? We support by encouragement. Let me encourage you members. If and when the pastor ever says something good, tell him. It, it just may be good after a service to say, that's exactly what I needed. Now, if it wasn't, just say, that's exactly what they needed tonight. <laughs> Number three, support financially. Spoil your pastor. Thank God if you're a pastor and your people take care of you, our people spoil me. In the early days, there was no salary. And I remember uh, preaching on a Sunday night and I just set my Bible down, shook a few hands and I came home that night and I began just reading my Bible. I just figured it'd be a good thing to do. I turned the page and found a $20 bill in my Bible. I turned another page and there was another 20. I'd heard about the riches of God's word but had never experienced it before. I got very interested in every book of the Bible that night. I found $600 in my Bible that night. Somehow God looked down from heaven and saw a little discouraged pastor and said, hey, I'm gonna encourage him a little bit. And he put it in a man's heart and said, put some money in that Bible, encourage financially. Money talks. I brought 25 Bibles with me to this conference. I've laid them around pews, they're on my table. They'll be all over after this and just, just want people to support. Hey mates, support your mate. Years ago, I got married and we were just coming back from our honeymoon. My wife and I had been married three days. She's from Maine, little, uh, a little small town, 200, and I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The Yankee married the rebel. I told her, your great-great-grandfather probably shot and killed my great-great-grandfather. And she smiled and said, well, he probably deserved it. And uh, so we're coming back and they had a little community service. It's New Year's Eve and they're having communion, the Lord's Supper. So the Lord's Supper is coming toward us. And I had just read a little book and her grandparents were there, her parents, all her relatives were there looking at the preacher man who married the country girl and they're watching us. Those churches, if you missed the Lord's Supper, it meant you were a mass murderer, you were homosexual, you were, you were some prison, per you were vile. She had never missed the Lord's Supper. Well, it's coming toward us. The juice is coming, the crackers are coming. And I just read a little pamphlet on don't take the Lord's Supper if you're not a member of that local church. I'd been a husband and leader all of three days. The Lord's Supper is coming. My wife had never missed the Lord's Supper. I leaned over and said, don't take it. She looked at me, what? Said, I read this little booklet. I don't think we're supposed to take it. Do what? And everyone's watching us. 
and it passes as tears start coming down her face and her lip is quivering. First time she had never taken the Lord's Supper. And she looked at me later and said, I figured if I couldn't follow and support you now, I wouldn't follow and support you later. Hey, mate, support your mate. Hey, member, support your pastor. Support by involvement. Most men summarize themselves in one word by their employment. It was Adam, he, he got his esteem from his work. God made him, put him in a garden, said get busy, start hoeing the ground. You ask a man in a church lobby, what do you do? And that's one word, what do you do? What do you do? Trucker, what do you do? Electrician, with an L, electrician. What do you do? Drywall, what do you do? Carpenter, what do you do? Drug dealer, what do you do? You know, it ought to be that in every one of our churches, anybody can look at us and say, what do you do? And you say, bus driver. What do you do? Soul winner. What do you do? Choir member. What do you do? Usher. What do you do? Maintenance. We ought to all have something to do in the local church. When we head out on vacation, it ought to take half a month just to fill all of our spots because we're so involved. Not only that, we support by our attendance. We support by our friends, by our friendships. When Dan Carr went through Hurricane Katrina, and that hurricane came, it wiped out. 40% of his members had nothing but a foundation left of their house. 80% of his members lost their jobs. There was no job to go to. Our church took up a collection, sent me to go help him. All I did was unload boxes and grab a cell phone and answer the calls. How come? My friend's only gonna go through a Hurricane Katrina one time. Friends support. The next year they hit 500. The next year they broke 1,000 in their church. How come? Because some friends support it. Pillars support. Pillars are vocal. Let me just encourage you. Maybe we're not charismatic. We don't jump the pews. We don't handle snakes. Uh, we don't do that. But there ought to be a hearty amen when the pastor says something that's true. It's biblical. You don't have to uh, attract attention to yourself. And let me just encourage you. Amen at the right time. It just seems like someone, uh, uh, some church members are about five seconds behind. There's a hell. Glory to God. I said it one time in a sermon, I said, I don't need a raise. And the guy said, amen. I said, shut up. <laughs> amen at the right time. Quickly, support in the valleys. Support with a smile. A smile says, I like being in your presence. You can smile when you can't say a word. You can smile anytime, anywhere. And then number three, third character trait of pillars is they stay. They stay. Be not weary in well-doing. In due season ye shall reap if ye faint not. It's a well-seasoned pastor was discouraged going through some battles in his home church. One of his friends said, I'd like to take you to breakfast and have a word with you. He said, sure. They came to breakfast and the old man that wanted to have a word with him didn't say a word. They just ate breakfast in silence. He didn't speak at all. Finally, he stood up. He said, I heard you've been having some battles. He looked at him and said, stay. He put his napkin down and left the room. That was the word he wanted to have with him. You'll never go 
to Corinth or Athens or Israel and say, where's that pillar that was here last time we were on an Israel tour? What happened to, where's the, it was here two years ago. No, it's still there. Pillars don't move, pillars stay. Stay when you fail. Stay when your heart is cold. Stay when you don't see any visible results. Stay when your kids embarrass you. Stay when you've had some setbacks and failures. When the sermons never get off the runway. Pastors, you've been there? Man, you got, man, this is gonna fly. It's gonna fly. And you start introducing it. It's ah, and you hit the trees. And it just never takes off. We all have those. We all have those where we just want to cut a hole in the pulpit and say, I don't even want to be here anymore. Poof. Larry Brown said this. He said, you know how I've stayed so long in Washington, Iowa, in this little town all these decades? I'll tell you how. He said, I survived the quitting places. We all come to them. You gotta work through those things. It won't be permanent. It's a season. Years ago, we went through a season and there's two types of trials. There are those that come one at a time and then there are those that are rapid fire. That's what Job had. Oh, all your kids killed. Oh yeah, and you lost your businesses. And oh yeah, this happened. I'd not been at our church too long and some things started happening. I was in a car wreck, lost our car. I came down with meningitis. The doctor said, you may be crippled the rest of your life or paralyzed, or you could die from this. We lived on the church property. It seemed like every time someone pulled in, they needed to knock on our door. We had started a building project and run out of money. So every day the building stared at me and said, finish us. Someone gave us money to finish paving the parking lot. We did it. Next week I got a letter from a lawyer saying, you're being sued. They gave money that was not legally theirs and we're suing you personally. About that time, we had a neighbor that declared war on us. And every time we had a church service, he called the police. They came to my house three times a week for disturbing the peace. He got on the edge of the property taking pictures, making obscene gestures, cursing our people, provoking a fight. The district attorney and uh, a police chief called me in and said, if this doesn't stop, I'm putting both of you guys in jail. I said, hang on here. About that time, we had twins. And we were awake every hour on the hour for six months. My eyes looked like road maps. I preached on hell Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night for six weeks and enjoyed it. About that time, I had to go to the emergency room. They thought I was having a heart attack. About that time, we had a choir member that felt like life was not worth living. Singing in the choir on Sunday morning took their life on Friday night. I then get a handwritten anonymous note in the church mailbox that said, what kind of pastor are you? Your members killed themselves. Why don't you move back to Louisiana where you belong? Why don't you leave California? We don't want you here. And I sensed the buzzards of hell flying over. Ah, got the pastor. Ah, got the pastor. We're, hey, he's down for the count. Ah. 
It was a season. Since then, God has reached down out of our church and called out a missionary to Hungary, a missionary to Bolivia, a missionary to Chile, missionaries to, to Africa, missionary to Cambodia, missionary to China, and pastors and staff just all over. Thousands and thousands of people say, how come? Because someone encouraged me, stay. I believe when we go through the pearly gates, we'll say, Jesus, you've got lots and lots of names. What's one of them? Pillar. I stayed. He didn't come down. Oh, no. He didn't come down. 10,000 angels encamped all around. He stayed. Paul said, they seemed to be pillars. Are you? You can be. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.